This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 147. To win the lottery, you have to buy a ticket. Client Spotlight with Roz Caspi. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey there, I'm Mark Willis, and I'm so glad you've decided to spend some of your important time with me today. I have a very special guest. I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation I had with Roz Caspi. Now, Roz is a world traveler, but she was born right here in Chicago, and yet she lived for many years in Tel Aviv, Israel. And in 2004, she came back to Chicago to care for her mother, who just reached 99 years old. That's awesome. So Roz is a businesswoman, she's an entrepreneur, and she's been a manager of a global company, and so she has tons of experience and expertise. She studied life coaching with Bob Proctor and uses his teaching to create several mastermind groups. Now in recent years, she's turned to real estate, where she purchases condos, while using bank-on-yourself type policies to reach her real estate goals. So I know you're going to really enjoy this conversation, lots of great insights and experience with the bank on yourself strategy in the real world. Welcome, Roz Caspi. Roz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate that. It's my pleasure, my honor. I can't wait to introduce you to our wonderful audience, our revolutionary audience here, our not-so-average audience. But uh, I think it'd be best if we started um, right where you'd like. Uh, Tell us uh, an important turning point in your financial life. Take us to that moment. What happened? Well, maybe I should start a little bit with my background. Uh, yeah. I will I will be showing my age, but that's okay. I was born and raised in Chicago, but after two years of college, I got the travel bug, <clears throat> and I went off to Europe, eventually landing in Israel, where I stayed. Now, my mindset, as far as money was concerned, was having a job. And because I like to travel, I thought the only way to keep traveling was to find a job with an airline. And when you think about it, when I think about it today, there were a lot of ways that I could have, you know, I could have funded my travel. But anyway, I wanted a job with an airline. But in the meantime, people were telling me, no, that's a foolish thing to do. You won't find a job. No one ever leaves a job at an airline. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to call someone I know who works at TWA. TWA doesn't exist today. Uh, And I'm going to ask if maybe there's a job available. So I go to this airline, TWA, have an appointment with the manager of personnel and uh, while I he keeps me waiting so I'm waiting in the the waiting room and there's a paper on the table a paper a newspaper that I usually don't read I open the newspaper and there's an ad 
for employees at a certain airline, Scandinavian Airlines. So I go into the meeting with this manager. He, of course, tells me, no, you don't want to work for an airline. We don't have any room, no, neither do any of the other airlines. There's no jobs available. You should just stay where you are. But I'm happy because I have an advert advertisement in my pocket. And I was sure I was going to get that job, and I did. Got a job at Scandinavian Airlines, and I stayed there for 20 years. Fascinating. What, what did you find uh, lacking in the kind of the career employee J-O-B track? You know, what, what was missing that ultimately caused you to change tracks, if anything? Well, nothing would have caused me to change tracks. I, I really had yeah. a mindset of an employee. What caused me to change tracks was simply the airline closed. And because it closed, that gave me the opportunity to see if I could go out on my own and do something um, as an entrepreneur, open up my own business and do some of the things that I like to do. Tell me more about that. Uh, by all accounts, you were happy with, it seems like happy with the work you were doing and got to travel, got that travel bug um, uh, early on in life. And here you are uh, participating in that. But why didn't you just find another job somewhere? I'm just curious about that. What caused you to go the route of entrepreneur after all was said and done with, with your work with Scandinavian? This is going to sound uh, funny, but I think I didn't look for another job because maybe of my age, because of my age. And I also thought that it was about time that I tried something new. So I was a yoga teacher. Did you know that, Mark? I did not know that. No, tell me more. I had studied yoga actually in two places. One was in India, and there's an athletic college in Israel. It's called Wingate, and they have a two-year course for yoga. So I took that course. So I was an accredited yoga teacher, and I thought that would be really a good way to use my energy and my expertise to open up a yoga studio, was, which is what I did. In the end, the other thing that I opened up was a yoga retreat, a bed and breakfast in the, in the north, northern part of Israel. It's called the Galilee. And that was really nice. Beautiful, beautiful place. There was nothing like it. Uh, talk about going from traveling the world to centering in place, going uh, to being a yoga instructor. That you went from 100 miles an hour to sitting still with you know the yoga positions and so forth. So, what sort of things did you learn? If you open a business, you really have to have the right team of people working with you. You have to have a financial advisor. You have to have a lawyer. Um, you really have to uh, get a team together. You have to be friendly with your local bank. I mean, those are the kind of things that, that really you have to learn before you jump into something like this. So true. What happened next? What happened next was that my father was very ill and uh, in Chicago. <clears throat> and so we left Israel and came to Chicago. That's what happened next. We planted ourselves in Chicago. 
I was taking care of my father and my mother, and then my father passed on. And we were here till today taking care of my mother, who is 99. My, oh my, that's awesome. <laughs> and in good shape. So the first thing I did when I came to Chicago was to start studying personal development. I um, became fascinated with a guy called Bob Proctor. And I started taking his course to become a coach, a life coach. And it's through Bob Proctor and the life coaching that I became very familiar with Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and the mastermind system, uh, which, which I used. I opened up masterminds. They went for about four or five years. A lot of them uh, had real estate agents in them. And that sort of came, brought me to the next stage, which was the real estate. But in the beginning, it was personal development and life coaching. What sort of issues, common themes were coming up uh, with the people you were life coaching uh, when you first stepped into that role? I think most people want to be happy. And most people think that if they make more money, they'll be happier. But my, my basic issue, and this brings me to when I met you, Mark, because I met you at a networking event where you were the guest speaker. And I wanted to save money. I had a real problem with credit cards. Maybe you don't know this either about me, but I was very addicted to credit cards in the beginning when I came to the States. Because in Israel, it's much different. You basically have one credit card, and it's attached to your bank account. And anything you bought that month will be taken out on the first. So you really have no choice. So then you come here, and you can have 10, 15 credit cards if you want. and you don't really have to pay them. Anyway, I very quickly learned that that's not a good strategy at all. So then I met you, and you um, told me about this amazing, amazing system of bank on yourself where you can be your own banker. So you really don't need a credit card. You can save your money, and anytime you want to take it out, you can take it out. Take us back to that moment. You know, uh, you were in the midst of paying off some credit cards at that moment, uh, or what was the biggest concern or problem you were facing at that time that caused you to want to find out more? I, I wanted to, to know about a way to save money. There didn't, everything I looked at did not seem uh, feasible to me. Saving money in the bank was not a good idea. And you came up with the actually right solution putting money into a policy seemed like that was the right solution for saving money. At the same time, I wanted to buy property. I wanted to go into real estate and have uh, rental properties. So you came up with the idea that if I was buying a unit for $100,000, I could put that in and take out, I don't know, I don't remember now, eighty. I could take out a large amount, and that 
100,000 would still gain interest. It seemed unbelievable to me, but I thought, okay, let's try it. So I put the money in a policy. I took it out and bought the property. An, an amazing way to buy property. So true. Yeah, and I remember those days, uh, those first few um, conversations, that first year or two, Roz, and I was impressed with your capacity to just dive in and learn about a pretty counterintuitive financial strategy. What was that like for you? We don't wake up, or I wasn't taught uh, about bank on yourself as a kid growing up. Uh, so what was it like learning about these counterintuitive strategies like bank on yourself? Well, it, it seemed too good to be true, honestly. And anyone you talk to, of course, doesn't really know about this policy, about this uh, strategy. Right. So I went online. I started reading pros and cons. There seemed to be more pros than cons. Uh, I had some questions. You answered them. Um, Again, you know, for someone like me who overspent on credit cards, the idea of being able to save, to put your money in every month to that kind of a policy, and then be able to take out the money and pay off your credit cards, it just seemed like the right solution at the right time. Yeah. Not to mention buying the property. That was also just, we went on to buy four more properties in that exact same position, opening up a policy, putting in the money, taking the money out to buy a, another property. And, you know, the, the rest of the story is uh, truly remarkable. I mean, the, the portfolio of policies that you've built are earning dividends and interest, even on the capital you've borrowed, and you have your real estate. Uh, and remind me, but I think most, if not all of your properties are cash flowing with renters at the moment. Is that right? Or They are, you know, and at the beginning of this Corona crisis, I didn't know what would happen. Would my tenants pay or not pay? So I wrote them all an email and they all answered that they're fine and they all paid on the first of the month. So there mm. really wasn't a problem. So the new time listeners might be asking, well, why would you use a policy rather than just paying cash for your debt or paying cash for that real estate? Um, well, well, it's different because, honestly, because it's your own bank. Right. That, that, I mean, that's the concept that I understood, and that's the way I look at this. It's my own bank. So why should I go to a bank and save money when they give me 0% when I can put my money into a policy that will give me 5%, I couldn't get that anyplace else. Mm, and at the right. same time, I can take out the money when I need it. It's like it, it's my own bank. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you are in control when you are in charge of the banking function in your own life and you've become your own banker, Roz. Uh, so congratulations. That's awesome. And, you know, what's changed as a result of us working together? What are some of the new milestones you've achieved since us uh, setting up that strategy together years ago? Was it maybe seven, seven, six, seven, eight years ago, I think? You know, if before I looked at money 
as a way to buy something, buy, buy a new dress. Let's just take that as an example. Mm-hmm. So now I think of money as being able to buy more money, mm, if that makes it. sense. Mm-hmm. I think that that's tied in with the uh, salaried mindset. When you're on a salary, so you get a certain amount every month, and you think you're going to spend this money, all the money. But if you're not salaried, if you're an entrepreneur, you want this money to work for you. You don't want to spend it. You want it to work for you. I love that, Roz. Uh, Let me say it this way, uh, if I heard you right. Uh, When you're an employee, your money is your boss. When you're the boss, your money is your employee. That's great, Mark. I like that. Uh, well, I, I'll take. I'll give you credit for it because I love that mindset shift from employee to entrepreneur. Uh, I want to be the boss of my money. I want it to go out there and find more employees. Uh, I love it. Uh, I want it working for me, right? You wanted your money working for you to find more money. I love that. Right. Let me ask you this question, Roz. Um, you know, if a friend asked you why they should work with us, I'm, I'm curious what you'd say to them. Folks have lots of options for who to work with, other financial planners, you know, brokerage houses, you know, Wall Street gurus. Why would they find benefit in working with our firm and taking on some of these not so average financial strategies like bank on yourself? Exactly for that reason, Mark. Not so average that will bring you to a different place. You know, it's one thing to be part of the herd you know, to go in one direction and be attached to a bank or something like that. It's another thing to have a financial planner that you can call on anytime that is willing to listen to all your ideas. And and actually, Mark, in a way, you're like a mastermind. <laughs> Because you come up with these ideas that are good, you know. It's, it's very good to talk over these questions that I might have about different avenues of, of revenue and get different feedback and ideas about what to do. So that's what, what I would say to people. Having your personal financial advisor that's different than other financial advisors who's always mm. there for you. Well, You're always you. available. <laughs> I, I don't sleep. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, the truth of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Roz. You know, one of the things you brought up earlier was you brought it up, uh, your age. And, and I want to just commend you, first of all, for being a lifelong learner. And you've got more life in you than I think most 21-year-olds have. So, first of all, congratulations. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, I, I mean it. Um, and Roz, I'm curious. Many people might be listening to this thinking, how could someone uh, over 21 years old ever think of starting a bank on yourself life insurance policy? Aren't, you know, uh, many people would say, well, I'm too old for bank on yourself. Uh, what would you say to someone if they brought up that uh, concern? You know, I think that was one of the questions I asked you. <laughs> I asked. I think I asked you that. Someone my age, can I open a policy? So I think it's a good idea because I think that they use 100, uh, I think, in one of the policies. 
you can. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, actually, uh, you can purchase a policy up to age 90, and the numbers go all the way up to age 121 at these Really? At so, I mean, that what? That's, that's amazing and that's wonderful. Why should people right. be limited by their age? You know, that's, that's right. <laughs> it's just, just a number on a, on a birth certificate. It's just um, a number. And you're right. Uh, and you brought up the numbers. Uh, you said $100,000 went in uh, to a policy and within a short period of time, within the year and maybe within the month, I'm trying to think back now, Roz, but you used the policy very quickly to borrow very out. Very quickly. It was yeah. a few weeks. It wasn't a month. It was like yeah. right away. Let's walk through that story quickly for those listening who, again, you know, might be over 21 years old themselves and thinking about real estate as well. You don't have to be a spring chicken to do one of these policies. And if you're into real estate, you might have a lump sum that younger folks likely don't have because they just haven't had the time to save it yet. So, Roz, take us there again. Um, so, you had $100,000, if I, if, if, if I remember right, and you put right. that into a policy and within a few weeks, you had another piece of real estate or a condo or something ready to buy. T talk to us kind of how that whole process went down. I already secured a place that I wanted to purchase. I had the money. So now it's a question of, you know, look, I can put this money in a policy and make money on the money, even though I take it out of the policy. So the unit that I was going to purchase, I already secured. I put the money first in the policy, and then a few weeks later, I took it out and I purchased the property. Yeah, so, yeah, you sold one property, you had a lump sum from that sale. You could have paid cash directly for the new property, but uh, first you put it into the life insurance policy, then access the loan feature within just a few weeks. You came to closing with cash in hand from the life insurance loan. And you paid for that other property uh, with the cash that you pulled from the life insurance, if I recall. Right, and that, and that, Mark, was your suggestion. In other words, that's what I said at the beginning. What you offered me seemed too good to be true. And if I didn't believe you, I might not have done it. But I thought, you know, this really sounds like a good deal. I put the money into the policy take out the money I need to buy the property. And I still, I have a policy, a hundred thousand dollar policy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And each and every year when you and I sit down, we sit down a few times a year actually and have a phone call or sit down in person and we'll look at all the numbers on your policies and they continue to generate dividends and guaranteed interest accumulation as if you hadn't taken that loan for the, for the real estate. Um, so that's, that's a tremendous advantage to you as the investor, real estate investor. And you can skip a few payments if your tenants unfortunately had to stop paying you rent. The loan repayments are yours to turn on or off, right? The policy loan. That's exactly yeah. what I liked about this deal. And mm -hmm. that's again why I said it was unbelievable. I can take out a loan for myself. I can pay it back or not. It's my choice. So, these are part of the things that really intrigue me. And if I didn't believe you, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I believed you. I mean, to go from uh, working with an airline to uh, a yoga 
studios, instructor to real estate investor and all the lives you've lived, Roz, and the many more you have to live. I'm impressed uh, with uh, your open-mindedness and your capacity to take a, a step toward financial sanity. So I have one more question to ask, two more actually, um, two more, one's very quick. Um, but do you have any other nuggets of wisdom or feedback for folks just listening who are just starting on their financial journey, either as an employee uh, or uh, someone just stepping into this idea of being your own banker? I'm trying to think. Actually, I wanted to tell a joke. Which, Go for it, yeah. Which people probably know, but I'm going to tell it anyway. There was an old man who started to pray to God. Every day he would pray and say, God, I want to win the lottery. Every day he would make the same request. I want to win the lottery. I want to win the lottery. So God thought, okay, I'm going to answer this guy. He talked to the guy. He said, listen, old man, I can arrange for you to win the lottery. But first, you have to buy a ticket. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you ask me for my nuggets of wisdom, the first thing you have to do is move your feet. Because if you want to run a marathon, you have to run. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you, have to, if you want to make money, you have to know how much money you want to make. And mm -hmm. you just have to, to, do, to move your feet in the direction that you want to go. I love that. That's great. I uh, have so, one more story to yeah, tell you, go for Mark, it. and that's about the mastermind and Bob Proctor. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that really attracted me to Bob Proctor and the mastermind was the way he would talk about himself. And he told us the story about his own mastermind. He was in a mastermind group with Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Hanfield. And these two guys wanted to write a book together. And their idea was to get other people to write uplifting stories and they would put it in a book. And then, you know, mm -hmm. but they didn't know what to call the book. And so according to Bob, from this mastermind call, came the title, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm -hmm. So these two guys opened a multi-million dollar industry out of a mastermind call. Amazing. Amazing. We're, we're better off uh, working together, thinking together. And I want you to know, Roz, uh, many of the creative financial strategies you may have heard me talk about comes from a mastermind. You know, I'm certainly no mastermind myself, that's for sure. It's, it's coming from a large group of bank on yourself authorized advisors that all of whom have clients and, and uh, minds of their own that are coming up with thoughtful, creative solutions. And boy, what a story about Bob Proctor and Jack Canfield and their, their journey into the mastermind. Right. You're right. It's, and, it's and the so secret that, to success. That's, what, that's one of the reasons why I, I really think that a mastermind is one of the best places to voice ideas to advance in life. When you mm -hmm. when you're in a mastermind group, it really helps you to overcome any obstacles that you might have. 
So true. Well, very good. Well, I have one more question and then a way for us to reach out to you. So Raz, if you could not leave money to your children or to the world, but you could only leave them principles, habits, or ideas to achieve happiness and success, what would those be? Have integrity. Be accountable to yourself. And listen to your gut feelings. Awesome. Thank you. And what is the best way, if folks want to learn more about your journey, your story, what's the best way for folks to reach out to you? Roscaspi at gmail.com. That's R-O-S-K-A-S-P-I at gmail.com. Great. Roz, it's been a pleasure. Uh, It's been a pleasure knowing you for years and for years to come, I hope. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. So as you guys can tell, Roz is just a tremendous woman, a great heart, and a wonderful person to get to know. And I'm so glad to have been able to introduce you to her. Now, I do have a few takeaways. The first, any one of us, even successful entrepreneurs and intelligent people, can, can also still be sucked into financial difficulty, credit card debt, whatever it might be. So it's so important that when that happens to you or me, to take it easy. Be easy on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself that you can't find your way back out. There's always another day. You survived, didn't you? So take that first step toward a better financial future. The second takeaway I got from Roz's story is that either you will be the boss of your money or it will be the boss of you. This is the entrepreneur mindset or the employee mindset. Now, when you're the employee, your money is your boss. And when you're the boss, your money is your employee. So that's something very important to take away from this episode. One thing that Roz wanted me to bring up after our recording was that she wanted to make sure folks understood how powerful the tax advantages of life insurance really were. And I couldn't agree more. You know, the policies that she set up will provide a lifetime of tax benefits. And even after she passes away, hopefully many, many years from now, that's going to be an incredible income tax-free gift to her family. Unbelievable and unparalleled in the financial universe. Uh, Finally, I really loved the concept of the mastermind. It was just a fresh reminder of how you can be so much smarter than our own little four pounds of neurons in our head can handle on our own. How can you be smarter than your brain can allow? It's to join a mastermind. It helps you overcome obstacles that you might otherwise have. I can't overemphasize how cool and important masterminds have been for me and the development of my family and my life. For us, it's literally been the difference between success and failure, being alone and being together. It's that important. So, Take these things to heart as you listen to Roz's story. Go back and listen again. It's so many great takeaways and proverbs and and just fun jokes even. I loved it. So thank you, Roz, for coming on our show. Thank you, everyone, for joining me for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting.
The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.